Welcome to Just a Phase, a podcast about modern parenting, episode 32, Rhythms and Routines. Today we're talking about the way that life changes when you go back in school, keeping rhythm and routine, the good and bad about those, and uh, trying to figure out just how to make school work. Plus, Buick has a station wagon and I am nerdy now. Hi, I'm Whitney Grispell. I'm mom to two girls, ages three and a half and 21 months. And I'm Drew Ludwig, father to three daughters, ages six, eight, and 11. And just a reminder that you can find us on Facebook at Just a Phase Podcast, on Instagram under the same name, and on our website at justafazepodcast.tumblr.com. And please leave us a review on iTunes, on Stitcher, wherever you listen. And here's your warning. We will swear on this podcast. I'm just going to say it. We're going to do it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Hi, Drew. <laughs> Hello. It's it's time for our catch up. Um, yeah. So, how is parenting for you this week? It's good. It's good. We're getting ready to go on a um, a long trip, a uh, little travel. Uh, we leave tomorrow to go to California. So it's been like a week of kind of like frantic getting stuff packed up. Yeah. Um, but I'm doing something new for the first time, which. It's, we cleaned our house before we leave, and I'm trying really hard not to let the kids destroy it today. That's a smart move. So that we come back to a clean house. And I think this is going to be life-changing, because usually we leave our house and it's like, you know, like we get the garbage out and we get the dishes washed, but it's like an explosion of like... Right. And then you come home and you're like, ugh. Yeah. So. No, the, anyway. the same thing happens to us, and uh, I've just got like learned helplessness, like... Yeah. I, we try and we try and we try and cleaning is thankless and difficult. I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, so that's going on. My, my family bought a new to us car. Oh, cool. Um, so I have a clean car for the present moment and, and it's like, you know, clean, clean. Do you always like when situation, I feel like every time I clean my car, I'm like, I'm going to change who I am fundamentally and I'm yeah. going to be a clean car person from now on. And then that's obviously not And true. then it's like, cool, potato chips. <laughs> like I, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it just, it, I remember the last time we, we got a new to us car and like the kids got into it with muddy shoes and put those muddy shoes on the back of the seat and it's just like, well, that's it. Yep. It's over. Yep, Is it a minivan? Back to garbage life. My, my, so we shopped and shopped and shopped. Okay. Um, because, uh, my wife does not want a minivan, but we're a family of three kids. Uh, and, and my wife also wants four wheel drive. Um, okay. So, like, we wanted something big enough and four wheel drive. And we had a Honda Pilot and it was great, but then it wasn't great anymore. Yeah. Um, and we couldn't find something that fit what she wanted. And so she, just as I found, a not minivan, she was ready to break down and say, go ahead and get wow. a minivan. But we didn't. Oh, oh it's a, it's a so C- close. Good job, Janelle. <laughs> well, you know what? The difference between a minivan and some of these crossovers is just like, do the doors open sideways or do they slide? Yeah. Like, uh, so yeah. like it's a, it's a Mazda CX-9, which on the outside looks like a car um, and has like the capabilities of a truck and the room of a minivan. Nice. And like from the driver's seat, it feels like a, Minivan. Nice. A, a sporty minivan. Have I told you about the good news in my life regarding vehicles? No. <laughs> okay. Um, so right now, well, 
for some context, Sean, um, my husband, is really like very dedicated to only buying American car company cars. He's a good one. Yes, I know. They're probably made in Mexico and Canada. He knows and that too. And a lot too. of like and Hondas and Toyotas are made yeah. in the United States, right. but it doesn't matter. He will not back down. So just like, don't even bother emailing me stuff about this. This is his thing. Okay. American car companies. So yeah. that, that narrows it. So right now he drives a Buick mm-hmm. and, um, he's probably the youngest man to drive a Buick. Yeah. And he has, it's been, we're probably going on almost a decade of him driving a Buick. So he was like really young when he got it. My yeah. mom made fun of him. My first but car anyway, was a Buick, yeah. but I got it from my grandpa. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> See? But so anyway, so he drives, um, like a car and I have an SUV that I hate and cause I just feel like it's too big. I just hate it. Um, but we wanted a car with a little more room. Same dilemma you did mm-hmm. just found out. That in 2018, Buick is making a station wagon. Ooh. And so I am like obsessed with getting this. And Sean's like, well, let's just wait till our lease is out. I'm like, no, we need to try to renegotiate and get the. I, I'm like, I want to be at the. No, f- I, no, I'm on no, team Sean. I want to be. No, we're going to. Whatever. We're going to switch a little bit. We're going to make it work. I want to be at the forefront of bringing the station wagon back to America. I want Buick to know this was a gamble that made sense and that people want the station wagon. We need to support Buick and okay, bring the like, station wagon back. I love back. your passion. I love, but like practically, like selfishly, like the early adopters, they're the ones that buy the things that have the bugs that are too expensive. Like think about all the people that bought the first iPhone, how angry they were when the iPhone 2 came out and it was cheaper and faster and better. Think of how cool they were. You know, like... <laughs> Think of how cool we're I'll pa- be in we're my parents and wagon. we're not. Like, <laughs> the cool ship has sailed. <laughs> that ain't gonna I happen. I know. I just... I'm so... <laughs> I'm just so excited about it. I'm so excited that there's gonna be a station wagon from an American-made company. The, um... Because if I hear one more people be like, you should just get a Subaru. I'm like, I know. they're Yeah. The Ford Flex is um, maybe too big for you, but it's it's like a station wagon in a truck shape. But it's low to the ground. So, But it's got three rows. Oh, I think I looked at that. Yeah. Yeah, They're kind of weird looking, but I think in a cool way. Yeah. Yeah. One of my friends who probably isn't listening to this, but he is. Hello, Steven. Has been trying to get me to buy a Ford Transit Connect, which is like a giant van. No, it's, <laughs> he's like obsessed with it. He keeps emailing me pictures of it, being like, "Look at this." There's beauty. a great. We'll just promote another <laughs> uh, podcast that doesn't need it. There's a great Freakonomics episode about the Ford Transit Connect. What um, is with people in this van? They love it. it well, it's a really fun. It, any florists that are listening, my dad has a flower shop. He bought a Transit Connect. It's it's the perfect size. Mm. It's, it's like. It's big for cargo, but little in terms of the way that it drives and has gas mileage. Oh, all right. Fair yeah. enough. Still don't want it. Want yeah. my Buick station wagon. <laughs> okay, sorry. I totally railroaded your car story with my no, I just, fantasy just got, of driving a Buick station wagon. I'm trying wagon. to keep my car clean. And that'll last for... Yeah. It'll be over by the time this podcast yeah. is downloaded. Yeah. So, that's so, the car story. One other thing that's going on with me or that happened to me this week, <laughs> I, and I, it, I'm bringing it up because I, it made me really think back to our gentle parenting episode mm-hmm. and really try to think about like <laughs> some of the advice Kristen gave. Viv like has developed pretty quickly this fear of public bathrooms and 
based on their loudness, right? Okay. So she was, she's, for a while, she's been afraid of those hand dryers. Yeah. Suddenly it's turned into like the automatic toilets. Oh, yeah. Because they like startle her and she, they're too loud. And they're just a bad idea in Yeah. I, well, I mean, it is nice to not have to touch the handle. Yeah, okay, but it's as a woman that always has to sit down, it's nice. The me. surprise flush, if you the shift your weight. The surprise flush is a problem. You're right. Too- I mean, flush it with your foot it's if true. you don't like touching so, the handle. Okay, fair enough. I'm totally on your side now. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. The surprise flush. Ugh. Um, but no, I. Uh, um, it totally did real. So your daughter uh, no, doesn't but, like the bathroom, yeah. the public bathroom. So we spent. Basically, long story short, we were at Wegmans, a grocery store, and we spent 10 minutes, me, Cece, and Viv, sitting on the floor of the bathroom, Mm. and me trying to calm Viv down, who was freaking out because she had to go pee, but wouldn't sit on the potty, and it was so... It was so crazy, and yeah. I was really trying to like respect her fear, but also was getting so frustrated. Yeah, like where and else she are you gonna pee? Finally, just uh, finally, I just let her like not go because she was so upset. Right. And, but I was like, if you have an accident, I'm I am gonna be mad. Yeah. You know, which maybe wasn't the right response. Gentle but parenting I, with a threat of not gentle parenting. Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna be upset because you had a chance to go, and um, and but she held it, but. Holy crap, it was crazy. It was like one of those tantrums where I got out and was like, I need a drink. And I I hope no one heard that go down because I was nuts. And yeah. like maybe they're going to like, someone's thinking I'm torturing my child instead of just asking her to go pee. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. It stinks. Do your kids have any, I mean, without revealing too much, did, they, you, did any of them have like bathroom fears? They, my kids have the opposite problem they oh, they're are, like we love public bathrooms yeah, yeah. like they want to explore they want to like we can't go to a place without like i have to go to the bathroom it's like you went to the bathroom but see she's kind of like ago. that too i don't know this is weird she loves porta potties yeah. they're disgusting yeah yep my kids are the same way and it's it's actually with porta potties it's the same thing where it's like i need to go to the bathroom and they go there and they're like oh <laughs> And then I'm like, yeah, I knew you didn't have to go to the bathroom, but guess what? Go in the grocery room and pretend because you made me walk all the way over here. Stand in there. (laughs) You're going to like it. (laughs) Yeah. So I, the, the gentle ship, the gentle parenting thing, like I, that was a great show. It gave me a lot to think about. Um, I'm just, I'm going to go back to like my conclusion at the end of the gentle parenting show and some of the other shows about like parenting techniques. Nothing Not for works. Everybody. Nothing works all the time. Yeah, nothing so, works all the time. Isn't that the, t- the title of your book? I believe. I yeah, I haven't started writing that book Love yet. It. Love so, it. but I got to yeah. figure out what works sometimes before I try to write a book. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, but my my kids have actually been tantruming plenty. Like uh, oh. Janelle had to carry a third grader out of the school yesterday. So yeah, we're working on some stuff. That could be a good transition into the topic we want to talk about today. Yeah. Um, So we're talking about going back to school. Yeah. I wanted to talk about, yeah, about back to school and then this idea of kind of family rhythms and routines. Um, It's a little broad, but I have a vision. (laughs) Okay. Um, Lay out the vision. Well, first, I want to get back to your, to the tantrums that you talked about, but first let's just like give some context for our, our situation. So in terms of school, my kids are obviously too young to be in school, but they do go two morning or three mornings a week to a local daycare. Um, and they, you know, they, they get up, they have breakfast here, they go there and have lunch and come home. 
and um, I'll maybe I'll talk a little bit more about like the routine I'm trying to establish with them, but that's like their school situation. Yeah. What about you? I've got three kids in three different schools because why not? Um, the oldest uh, is in middle school. Uh, she rides the bus there and back. Uh, in our morning routine, uh, she walks herself to the bus stop and waits by herself. And then my wife walks my middle child to a local school that is within walking distance. And then I take the youngest uh, to the bus stop uh, four days a week. She rides the bus on the fifth day. I drive her because like, that's a deal we made when she didn't like getting on the bus. Okay. All right. Yeah. So that's our, our school routine. Okay. Is the carrying a third grader out crying? Like, is that, do you think that's like a, for you, has that been like kind of a normal transition? Like they, like my sister-in-law who has two kids, a second or third grader, my nephew and a kindergartner this year just reports that September is just like this lost month of just like hell. Cause it's like, they're tired and it's. Yeah. There's sleepy, sleepiness is a big part of it. And it's so hard because like. It's still like it's the last waning days of like nice weather and playing outside and like daylight into the evening. And uh, I really don't want to bring the kids in early. Um, but if like it's like one to one correspondence, like if we let them just stay up a little bit late, we've actually like we seem my wife and I like the meanest parents ever. But like we've reduced our even our weekend activities to like we do like one special thing a weekend, but if we try to like pack up a weekend, like it's just, it's bad. Like, tell me more about that. Like, so what is your week? What's the, what are the parameters of your week? Like what, what kind of routine are you trying to establish there? Like you talked about this at the end of last school year, you all, you cut out TV during the week. Are you back yeah, on that's, that? Nope. TV is Saturday only. Wow. Okay. So yeah. no Sunday TV either. Uh, unless they're watching football with dad. Okay. <laughs> Love it. But but lately I've been watching uh, that uh, at a local uh, public house. Establishment. So. Yes. Yeah. But so what's the week routine? Uh, so uh, you heard how I get them to school. School happens. Uh, they come home from school in about the same order. Um, homework happens before. Well, you get home from school, change your clothes, eat a snack, do homework, uh, and then there's time to play outside. Uh, and depending on how long homework takes, uh, that could be more or less time to play outside, but almost always they get to play before, uh, that, uh, dinner, five thirty, six o'clock, uh, on bath nights, uh, come in around six thirty, six forty-five. Uh, a lot of times there's a little bit of play afterwards. Um, try to get the youngest two in bed by seven o'clock reading till seven thirty. Mm-hmm. um, with our youngest, uh, she seems to be like it would be it would be a disaster to like move her bedtime later than the middle kid, but she seems to be doing better right now and not need the sleep as much. So like she will like sometimes we let the read in bed like stretch a little bit for her, uh, trusting that the middle child isn't listening to the podcast. Um, that was the other. <laughs> That was the other big switch that we made is uh, they used to be in the same bedroom and that just wasn't working anymore. So, so now you have the older two in one bedroom? Nope. Everybody we, has their own? Everyone has their okay. own. We gave up the playroom. Um, oh, makes sense though. Yeah. And the main purpose of They're the playroom was now. a second TV. Um, right. So yeah, playroom, TV room, whatever. Right. Um, so, yep. Um, so that's kind of like the general schedule. Um, and then 
Weekends, uh, my wife teaches piano lessons on Saturday morning, and they just kind of like free range in the neighborhood during that. Um, and then they binge on television or play with their kids or uh, play with the other kids around. Um, sometimes we'll we'll do play dates for kids on Saturdays. Sometimes we'll do um, you know a special trip or a dinner out. This Sunday, actually, I should have mentioned this in like the intro, like. We had our first ever uh, family bike ride on a Sunday. Cool. Which is wonderful. I'd love to make it a tradition. And that's uh, a big deal because that's your big work day, obviously, being a pastor. Yes. Although. So it was kind of like a come to, like a nice like break, right? Yeah. And like, so I used to have Sunday evening worship service here at the church. That's on hiatus. And uh, as much as I love my job and the people from Sunday Night Church, like, it's been really nice uh, yeah. having Sunday evenings to myself. Sunday night's a special time, I think. Yeah. Well, it hasn't been for a while for me. Right. So. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's nice that you're able to reclaim that. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, and on Saturday... And it also means that my youngest figured out how to ride a bike. Uh, oh, that's awesome, Drew. It really is. Go ahead. So, so on Saturday, when you do the TV, do you give them limits, or they just can like do we whatever let them binge. they want? Yeah. Okay. So, I like that. Yeah. yeah. But then it also sounds like you have other stuff planned, so they really isn't like they don't always get they to don't binge. always get to binge. Right. Um, and then with this whole like trying to limit it to like w- make one big activity on the weekend, otherwise they're crazy. Like, yeah. How is that working out? Um, so we just made the decision to do that. So yeah. stay tuned for a yeah. future podcast. So, yeah. Um, yeah. One of the things that like kind of interests me and makes sense to me about this idea of like creating fa- family rhythms, and I'm using that language from like my exposure to Waldorf schools. I didn't go to one, but I was really interested in like the philosophy behind them. And then I worked in an educational program that was connected to Waldorf schools around um, the New York city and new England area for a while. So um, have had exposure to that, but they were like really big on rhythms in the school day and, and seasonal rhythms. And then there's, Oh, you can like fall down a huge rabbit hole in terms of Waldorf inspired homeschooling parents and rhythms and family rhythms. Mm -hmm. But I do like a lot of it. And, um, and it makes sense too to me that the ki- like the kids are aware that there's a rhythm and yeah. they like in a classroom, you know, like it's up on the wall often and then in homes it's on the wall. And I've really been thinking about this a lot because Viv has started the first thing she asks every morning is, What are we doing today? <laughs> like that's yeah. like, What are we doing today? What are we doing? And Do you answer that question? Depending on what the answer is. If it's something that she's gonna if it's gonna result in her like crying in my ear when I'm still waking up, you know, you know, like, but, but for, yeah, but for the most part I do, you know, I like go through the day a little bit with her. That's see, that's the parenting difference between you and I is like, I almost always refuse to answer that question. Really? Yeah. Why? Because you can't win. Um, (laughs) (laughs) right. Like, uh, because like maybe you're doing something that they don't want to do yeah. and then they're going to resist it and dread it and complain about it for the whole day. Right. Um, maybe you're doing something that they do want to do. Um, but then when you say that you're doing it, it turns into a promise. And if, if plans change, if something happens yeah. and you can't do that thing, you said we were going to blah and it's, it's just ugly. Yeah. I'm no fool. I mean, I don't like if there's stuff that's on the horizon, even if it's like, I'm pretty sure my dad's going to stop by, I don't mention it until he's like on the way because I don't want them to be. Yeah. But like, but things like they're going to school today. I'll answer that. (laughs) Okay. You know, that's, 
Yeah. You know, or if like they're home with me and I know I made a decision we're going to Wegmans, Mm -hmm. then I say that. But yeah, no, I, but no, I do try to answer that. But one, one idea I had for like helping her is I bought like a little whiteboard and made a calendar Mm -hmm. of her days so she could start getting a sense of like, today's a Monday, you go here and then we do this. And also I want to try to start incorporating. On Fridays we wear pink. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's fine. But I'd like to start like incorporating things like having a night a week where like I don't know, just like make something special. Like maybe Wednesday nights like we like is like Viv helps with dinner night or something yeah. like that or I don't know. I'm try I'm still thinking through those ideas and stuff. But I like I like the my my whole point is that it seems to me like it makes sense at least right now for my kid at her age to let her know about the routine and the rhythm. Do yeah. you think, do you, so your kids, they know to they, some degree. They know the like, r- routine and the rhythm, yep. And you think it helps them knowing that? Generally, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it absolutely does. I have to think about it. Like, all the times that come to mind are, like, the times when the rhythm gets broken. And, like, that that that's difficult because, like, my kids depend on the rhythm so much that, like, breaking the rhythm is upsetting for them. Right. So, like, it's a double-edged sword, Mm -hmm. but the rhythm is good. Mm -hmm. Okay. The rhythm is good. The rhythm is good. (laughs) So, I think uh, part of what makes the rhythm work is, like, making sure that there are very, like, um, there are good things built into the rhythm, too. Uh, Incentives. Well, see, that's the tricky thing. Like, and my wife and I have gone back and forth on that, like... Sunday is dessert night in our family. And like, remind me to come over on Sundays. <laughs> you know what? Like, sometimes dessert night means walking to 7 Eleven and buying Slurpees, like, if we haven't prepared ahead of time. Uh, so, like, don't get too excited about dessert night. Okay. Um, but, like, we, we don't take it away. Like, that's, that's an established part of the rhythm, like, even if it's a bad day or whatever. Right. Um, and oh, like, that's... I've gone back and forth with her on that. I, th- I think I'll have to admit that my wife is right in terms of making that like constant and always, mm-hmm. um, Sunday night, like in addition to it being dessert night, like usually we re- read with each kid individually at bedtime, but Sunday after dinner, um, Janelle reads from the same book at the dinner table, uh, while they eat dessert. Um, and that's a really good, like calming rhythm and like a positive rhythm, it also like gets like the going to sleep process mm-hmm. started earlier on mm-hmm. Sunday, which is actually really like that's the best night to start it earlier. Um, so you have more traditions and rituals than I thought. Like, I mean, I, I, I like it. Like the whole Sunday night dessert thing, reading, yeah, like, making Sunday a little special. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I forget whether I talked about the. Uh, the the practice that I learned from Koinonia that I've done with the kids that's part of their bedtime rhythm now. What is that? Um, uh, Christian uh, people and spiritual directors would call it the examine, but it's yeah, like... Yeah, you did. You talked okay, about the last yeah. episode. The, the high lows, yeah. essentially, yeah. boils down to it. Yeah. yeah, so like that's that's another rhythm that's a big part of it. Oh, uh, You know what? Like driving Courtney to school once a week is, is a good part of it. I guess I do have more rhythm yeah. than... Um, than I thought. Right. And I, I, I am appreciating it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I like it. It doesn't work all the time though. Yeah. Nothing works all the time. Nothing works all the time by Drew Ludwig. Yes. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so on this, like, switching a little bit from this, like, rhythm routine question, just into school, I have, as a, as a parent that's, like, looking down the school, like, looking at school as something that's coming up. Yeah. Um, Buy a hat and hold on to it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So someone told me recently that they found school, the whole school thing to be the most difficult part of parenting so far. Yeah. Like, choosing... And, you know, we also, we, we live in the city, so we deal with issues related to school choice and, and that's kind of what she was referring to, like, and just, but, but also like finding the right fit for her, her kid. Yeah. Like she just found it to be so far the most stressful thing that she's been through as a parent. Um, and that, that makes sense to me. Um, Yeah. And so I'm very happy. Well, we've got a little bump with one of the kids' schools, but not enough to air the beef on the podcast. Um, but uh, I'm really happy for the most part with my kids' school, and like they have teachers uh, that understand like the way my kids work, um, and that are just good at behavior management and all that stuff. Um, and it still stinks, um, and it stinks because like I feel like the kids use up all of their self control, like making school work. Um, so when they come home, they have none. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Their, their tank is empty. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really glad that they, they make it work, but mm-hmm. like it's still, and especially like in the re- readjustment, like yeah. after they get back into the rhythm of school, then it doesn't take as much of their own like effort and willpower and yeah. everything like that. Um, and they figure out what's constant and the teachers figure out what, what behavior plan management whatever you want to call it works for for the kids but it's uh the first couple weeks are like consistently rough yeah that's yeah like i said that's what i've that's what i've heard across the board did you send your kids what what ages did they i mean i know you had like i think your oldest was probably already school age when she came into your family but did with with the youngest did you send her to UPK pretty early? Yes. Although like that's the other factor of having like foster kids is so my kids were in a foster placement be- before they came to our house and in that foster placement there was a lot of like daycare and after school care and things like that and we're not really like that style parents but like the advice that we got from social workers and caseworkers was like that's a constant in their life and they've got enough change like don't take that away from them which totally made sense um so uh you know my middle child was three when she came to our house uh but she was she went to a half day program almost from the start yeah um and then the youngest um part of the reason that she's not at the same elementary school that the middle child is at uh, is, well, one, the middle child's landlord is the guy that we just got fired from the school board, so we didn't really want to send another kid to his school. Um, But two, um, she was totally, like, fired up, ready to go for school, like, when she was three, because she's got the older siblings. She wants to do everything that they do. So uh, we needed to go to a school that had a full-day program for three-year-olds. Yeah which freaked us out because she was our baby and she was three, but she was ready to go. And that's the Montessori, right? That's the Montessori yeah. school, yeah. Hmm, cool. Well, we have and to, I want to yeah, pick your brain out. We've complained so much that. about like <laughs> Buffalo in general, but I will say like having a public Montessori school is freaking sweet. Yeah, that is cool. So here's my thing, like 
Viv was on the is actually currently on the waiting list for that mm-hmm. public Montessori school, and she and um and I don't know what we're gonna do if she randomly gets a spot in the middle of the year. I'm not sure if we'll take it or not. I don't yeah. know if I want her to. I kind of think I want more time to like ramp her up for that yeah. transition instead of being like, guess what? This week you leave your school that you love behind. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Um, but I guess I just. So that piece of it for me is like, it's also like a full day, five days a week program. And I'm trying to sort through like my, how much of it is me really thinking, I don't know if she's ready for this and how much of it is like by shit being like, I don't want my baby to go. (laughs) So our middle child was in a a daycare and waitlisted for the public program. Uh, And we were kind of like ambiguous um, but then she got us, she got offered a spot and like, we thought about it and she had like such a tight bond with her best friend. Like she was like obsessed with this girl, um, like really, really close friendship, like everything. Uh, and so like, we were like, no, we don't want to separate these two. Like they're, they're really good friends. She, she wants to go to school with her friend. And so we didn't take the spot. And next on the list was her friend who took the spot. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's, that's hysterical. Just, I'm sorry. That's so that's, funny. Oh, it's it's funny. It's just oh, the way things work out. Man, you, know? you must have. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Drew, any um, like any, like, tips for me and other parents of young kids who are like looking at the whole school starting thing? Um, like preparing your kids or thinking about what you want in a school or. Yeah. Um. So the the most helpful resource to me was I had a friend who her kid tried it out a year before me and who was much more involved in the school than I was and had a good, like, she talked me through the rhythm of the school and the philosophy of the school and, like, what it was like for her kid and everything like that. And that gave me, like, a whole lot of, like, confidence and... Uh, helped me like understand when things were coming home from school or, you know, that I just didn't get. Um, so that's probably the the number one tip that I can give you in terms of talking to your kid. Um, like my kid was fired up and ready to go. So like, I just like encourage that. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, that, that if- didn't mean her mind didn't change yeah. and then change back and things like that. So, like, I did do a little bit of, like, the gentle parenting, like, empathizing, like, oh, yeah, it is really hard, you know, and tell me more about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you, like, have you had to move any of your kids from schools? Yes. Although do you have, like, not, advice on that and thoughts on, like, I'm, yeah. yeah. Like, so I never moved a kid in the middle of the school year. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my oldest started out uh, at a charter school across town that was... Uh, pretty good. Uh, actually I, I really like them. I like the way that they work. Um, but it was a really long bus ride and then they switched to being on the late busing schedule in Buffalo. You're always early bus or late bus. And with the late bus, she would have gotten home at like five o'clock every day. And so that's when we started looking. Um, and we got really like, um, you know, Buffalo has its, limited good schools um and uh she didn't get into any of the public schools that we wanted her to get into uh at that time and didn't get into the charter schools that we knew were quote-unquote good ones um 
at that point, West Buffalo Charter School had just opened up. So, like, they weren't on our list of good schools. They were kind of like a roll of the dice. Um, and a uh, lousy landlord uh, beside. It's been a really great school for her. Mm-hmm. Um, she has sw- since switched to the public middle school. Like, mm-hmm. we made the... We made the next switch going from elementary school to middle school right, for her, right, right. so that worked out well. Yeah. Um, middle kid has been at that charter school the whole time, and it was easier to send her there because the older kid had already gone there, and then the younger kid's been in the public Montessori school the whole time. Right, um, gotcha. And like with that, like there's actually some parents that have already started like lobbying us because there's as kids get older, there tends to be white flight away from that school. Yeah, I've heard that too. And uh, so uh, there's a movement to try to resist that. And, uh, you know, I haven't made any like public commitments or anything like that, but I will say that everything's working really well for my kid at that school. Um, and I really like that school. So cool. There we are. Yeah. So is it so different too? Like for me as a, I, I grew up in the suburbs and at least my school years, I was in the suburbs. So it was like, yeah, just, there's I, one school. I, well, I did go to a Catholic elementary school, but then I switched to the public middle school and high school and, and that was it. So yeah, it's a little bit different. Yeah. It was the, it, yeah. I didn't even go to the Catholic school. Like it was Rogers elementary. Yeah. Well, if there any of our listeners have like thoughts or questions about school or family rhythms or routines, or if like you have, made one made a rhythm or a routine for your family that's worked really well and want to talk to us about it i you know i'd be open to hearing about it yeah another stupid rhythm that we have yeah no i love it is the pre-breakfast like the kids get breakfast at school and it's heavy on carbs and sugar um so like they eat protein in the morning yeah, <laughs> like they wake sense. up and have a cheese stick I don't know if that's a rhythm, but yeah. Courtney always grabs a cheese stick. She always grabs me a cheese stick because she knows daddy likes cheese sticks. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Um, person, place, or thing. Uh, what have you got for us? A person, a place, a thing? I've got a place. Um, mine is pretty simple. You probably have it anywhere you you uh, live. And it's the woods. Just go to the woods with your family, with yourself. Um I think bring your kids, but find some sort of like wild area. It's usually a beautiful time of year, no matter where you're at. And I've been trying to, I I was really good for when Viv was little about going at least once a week to somewhere, you know, natural. Um, And I got off that a little bit and I'm trying to bring both girls back. And I think one, if I can make one further recommendation, and I'm not saying this as like a snob who's totally figured it all out. This is something I struggle with, but try really hard not to say no to your kids and to like control them. Like, oh, in the you mean woods. in the woods when you're there? Yeah. yeah, let them like let them climb on stuff, let them pick things up. Yeah. So that's my recommendation. That is a hard one to do, but yeah. it's a, it's a good one. Yeah. Um. So I'll do a place. Um. And it's a place you've been that I haven't been. Um, but, um, a lot of people are thinking about Puerto Rico right now. Um, and, uh, so like if you can send some stuff, that's good. If you can put some pressure on your government to make sure they do the right thing for some reason, this Island gets treated differently than other American places that have been hit by hurricanes. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I heard a Puerto Rican author on the radio talking about, you know, like it's probably not going to be as good a vacation, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they need your money. So yeah, I try to find a way interview. to get there. And so my place is Puerto Rico and Roberto Clemente, the best right fielder the Pirates ever had, probably the best baseball player 
he's a Puerto Rican. Yeah, I so. love that. I love that you said that. And I, I, that reminded me, I wanted to give an update that, um, we interviewed when a couple years ago when I was on vacation there, um, we interviewed a local mom, Diana Ortega, and I were, you know, I've, I actually saw her last year when I visited and our kids played together and then we've remained friends and I have not been able to make contact with her. Oh, that's um, scary. so I'll keep everybody updated. Um, but you know, you've had a chance to hear about Daya and her family, um, on this podcast. And so, you know, think of her as well. Keep her in your thoughts. So that's it for this episode. Just a Phase is produced by Whitney Crispell. Our theme music is Urbana Matronica, the Wuyamix by Spinning Merkaba, and we use it under a Creative Commons license.